A lot of times whenever brands are thinking about how to connect and engage with the Black community, specifically in the U.S., they will work to do something with HBCUs or historically Black colleges and universities. It totally makes sense. HBCUs are a pillar, a staple um, within the Black community and a big part of Black culture. But a lot of times whenever I see the advertisements and the promotions and the campaigns associated with HBCUs, they're really quite superficial. They just they just kind of feel like, oh, Black community, let's do something with an HBCU. There is a better way. There are multiple ways that brands can strategically partner with HBCUs in a manner that moves beyond the superficial and actually showcases that you have a deep interest in the students and building relationships and the Black community as a whole, rather than just kind of saying, all right, we want to reach the Black community, let's do something HBCU related. So a lot of times brands don't actually know what that type of partnership looks like. I've got you covered. At the Inbound Conference a few weeks ago, I sat down and did a live podcast interview with two lovely women from Howard University, and they talked about a strategic partnership they had specifically with HubSpot and also gave some best practices for what brands can do to help them create strategic partnerships with HBCUs that are beneficial for all parties involved. So after this short break, you will hear my discussion all about how to strategically partner with HBCUs. Okay, I've got another podcast recommendation for you. It's Latinx in Power, hosted by Thaisa Fernandez. It's brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. This podcast features interviews with top-level executives, entrepreneurs, and innovators from Latin America, aiming to demystify the tech industry by providing listeners with insider perspectives and insight from Latin American leaders who have succeeded in their fields. I like listening to this podcast because I like hearing from a broad diversity of voices and hearing from and learning from their experiences. One episode I'm super excited to dive into is the latest one, Lead Generation Journey with Glenville Dixon Jr. Listen to Latinx Empower wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks so much for joining us today. I'm Sonia Thompson, host of the Inclusion and Marketing Podcast, and we are going to have a wonderful, fun discussion. I know it's going to be a fun discussion already, just because we've been cackling and kikiing <laughs> all over the place um, since we've been chatting. But we're going to talk all about inclusive corporate partnerships. Before we get into all that, tell us, who are you and what do you do? Uh, I am Dana Williams Johnson. I'm an assistant professor at Howard University in the School of Business and the Marketing Department. And I am Dr. Uve Ferguson. I am an educational consultant, and I am the former assistant dean for impact and engagement at Howard University's School of Business. Very cool. So every time I hear someone say that they're from Howard University, I always have to say I am from Florida A&M University. <laughs> Fam, you rattle over here. It's all HBCU love. We're Absolutely. All fine. Love. It's fine. All right. So what exactly is an inclusive corporate partnership? You want to start? Sure. So I think it's really important to think about inclusivity for companies as they're reaching out to potential employees and thinking about how they're showcasing themselves to customers. 
thinking about inclusivity as a way to provide access and resources to underserved populations. And universities are a great way for companies to do that. So as they're thinking about how can I be an inclusive member of this society, providing those two things, access and resources to students is paramount. So again, a company like HubSpot has done an amazing job of providing both of those things for students in a way that feels authentic. So providing access to resources such as um, software access. So a student can't go out into the market and showcase their skills and hope that they're going to learn trial by fire by having resources available to them as students, which the universities may not be able to afford. HubSpot giving that access to students is showing true commitment to diversity and inclusion, as well as providing resources for scholarships, career development, and other um, opportunities. Yeah, and even providing that access in the classroom. Yep. Um, you know, I teach, and so having, I have so many HubSpot people come in and out of my classrooms to guest lecture, um, to talk to students about what their actual job is and what it's like, what skills they have, what things that they think make them get that kind of job and what they look for in other people. Because I think a lot of times students don't have an idea necessarily of what is out there. Right. Um, and so we're in the, I'm in the marketing department. I teach, my specialty is social media, digital marketing, but there are so many jobs in that range. Right. And I like to give students kind of a vision of what can you be? What can you do? You don't just have to be a social media content creator. Are you a data analytics person? Are you this? Do you like this? Where? How can you bridge that gap? And I think inclusion is also making sure that you're showing all of the aspects of your company, who your company is, their values, bringing that into another environment too, and making sure that you show them all of the opportunities and everything that's available to them. There's there's a lot of layers to the partnership that you have now. I'm curious because I know that whenever I was in getting my MBA, um, there were a lot of companies who would come specifically to recruit black MBAs, right? So they wanted to make sure that they were getting a diverse um staff and workforce um, by coming to HBCU's recruiting. But it's a nice thing to see that companies are expanding that type of partnership just beyond building their pipeline. What exactly for you makes a good corporate partnership? Because I imagine that there are things that make it, oh, this is a really great partner that that yields lots of fruit and results. And there are other ones where like, uh, not so much. I will say this. I... Uh, we were talking about this earlier on the couch before all this started. I know a lot of times people have metrics or things that they want. If you have a relationship at a university with faculty, I can actually point out to you like, oh, that kid may not have the highest GPA, but when I tell you he knows his stuff, that is another great part of recruitment for a company too. Mm -hmm. Um, I have done that with Warner Music Business and a student who wanted to get into that program and be in the music industry didn't have the GPA criteria necessarily. And I was like, no, you want him because I know he's going to go into this program and he's going to kill it. And he did. And now he's working in that industry and everybody's been like, he's a star. I'm like, because sometimes you need a faculty member that works with that student population, understands them and understands what your company's looking for and your company needs or the values and that they can align. It isn't just about what's on paper. Um, it's about building that relationship. And I think we have a great relationship with HubSpot because I have had individual recruiting things made just for MBA students where they're like, hey, 
We'd love to just see who your students are, get to know them. Can we do some kind of even virtual mixer? Yeah, I'll set that up. Um, coming into my classroom and talking about all the different things that they want to do. So it's one of those, hey, if you see somebody, let us know. We'd love to help kind of mentor that student or help them figure out their path or, oh, when they presented to us, we thought these students were great. Like, how can we connect with them more? I think that's also kind of the cherry on top of that Sunday that makes us say, it's personal, you are genuine, and you really are looking for great students, and it isn't just checking a box or filling out a specific criteria. Absolutely. And I personally love that question because it really inspired me to journey into entrepreneurship and consulting. Understanding what makes a great corporate partnership for universities and companies really has a lot to do with making sure that you're speaking the same language. And so they're kind of they're they're kind of speaking different languages naturally. Yeah. A company has goals and they they are like I would like to you know have have this idea come to fruition and it work well and I give you money and it just happens. Universities are nonprofits and they tend to run very lean, meaning that there may not be the manpower, the ability to provide metrics and reports backwards that drive companies insane. And so my time in administration um at the university level really gave me insight into how you can make those two worlds speak well together by coming up with innovative ways to partner together to provide an opportunity that not only meets the company's ultimate goals of being good, doing good, you know, and there's usually some other HR goals or diversity and inclusion goals, which is fine. And then also being able to be a good partner to the university, which is like, I don't have manpower to just allocate to XYZ company that wants to come in. It's not as simple as dropping off money. It's just not. First of all, again, the high, they're highly regulated being, um, you know, their nonprofit status as universities. So being able to give money in a way that is meaningful and inclusive, um, impactful are really important. And so that's what I've been using my second half of my career towards is making sure that companies have the insight to be able to build out and implement effective, innovative strategies that make them good corporate partners to students, the ultimate consumers or the ultimate, um, I'm saying consumers of the goodwill. Yeah. So what I love about um, the approach that you're talking about is it really is a partnership and mm -hmm. both sides are not only learning from each other, um, specifically, as you were talking about, I think a lot of times companies will come in thinking about a profile of a student, mm -hmm. of what that looks like, and you're expanding their thinking about different backgrounds, different points of view, different ways of operating, and what actually would be a good candidate that would be um, add a lot of value to their organization. While at the same time, the students are in the faculty are learning about the new tools, what's happening in the markets, et cetera. So I'm curious from your partnership with HubSpot, what are some of the core hallmarks of that that you would like to see in other partnerships that um, exist with uh, organizations who were looking to partner with HBCUs? I'd like to say commitment. Yeah. The level of dedication and commitment that HubSpot and its employees has shown to the Howard University partnership um, really blew away the faculty and administration, and we can attest to that as having been recipients of, of that love and generosity. Um, any HubSpot employee that was made aware of opportunities to come into the classroom, 
they were not only encouraged and welcomed to do it by us, they were welcomed and encouraged to do it by the company, which oftentimes people, companies will say that they, oh yeah, yeah, we're partnering and we want our our employees to go, but they're busy But they don't want to send anybody or they don't have time. They don't have time. They're busy. Or they don't want to fit it into your class schedule. Okay. And and I think that, I I think what a lot of companies don't realize is how completely different corporate America and then that structure is versus working in academia. Yeah. And I'm like, I worked in a huge, for a huge trade association, very corporate, doing all those things. And then the pace and how things work on the university side, completely different, Mm -hmm. a lot slower (laughs) and a lot more rigid in terms of what we can do. Right. And so I'm often like, look, I have 16 weeks, two classes a week, in this block of time. How are we going to make this a meaningful project that lasts over this time period? And how do we incorporate you into that? And not just a, I want to come at the beginning of your class for 10 minutes and talk about possible jobs or internships. No. How do you come into my class and make it a meaningful experience for students that then go, I want to know more about this? Or how do I learn more about this? So for me, I think it's also access. It's what access are you giving to the university, to the faculty and administration to then offer that to students? Okay. Um, Because if I, look, I had to learn HubSpot myself. Like I, (laughs) I mean, but I had a great team of people in the uh, education partnership program to answer questions, to help me when I mess things up, you know, to help me when I got a little confused so that before class started, I felt comfortable enough to then get my students into the system and create a project and say, this is what we're going to do this semester. Okay. So what would you say is the benefit of actually using in-market tools in the classroom for students? Like, how does that impact their learning and and beyond? Oh, yeah. It. So one of the things that I, coming out of working in the industry and then coming into it, my thing was, in my job, I had all the tools. I had access to everything. And nowadays, I find that students will come to me and say, I got this internship, and because I'm, you know, a millennial or this, they automatically expect me to know how to do this. Mm -hmm. And they don't. And it was a shift for me to say, okay, I need to think about, I don't teach with social media with a textbook. Because it, it moves too fast, too right. many things change. Right. And so I said, how do I create projects that are experiential? Yep. They give them something to put on their resume as part of a portfolio and something to intelligently talk about. And like on top of that, then I have them do certifications through HubSpot Academy. Like Wonderful. there are all of these things. And students can then also go, oh, well, I know I've touched a CRM. I, I have mm-hmm. HubSpot certifications. I did this in our class. We did email marketing campaigns. I can talk about the data and analytics of that. That's huge for them. Absolutely. And to be able to go out into internships and have that knowledge, it's also huge for the company because then they turn into people who are saying like, oh, well, you know, I've done this in class, but we used HubSpot and it made this whole process easier. Um, And so we have students who have come and worked for HubSpot or interned for HubSpot. We have students who have become entrepreneurs, use HubSpot or pitch it to clients. We have a class where they have a client and they essentially build them a whole module inside of HubSpot and are like, hey, we set this up for your business and we're going to show you how you can do a whole email marketing, social media campaign and make this work for you. Um, And so it's a win-win on both sides. They get the skills and expertise and opportunity to touch something that they may not have learned until they actually got into the job. So that gives them a leg up. Absolutely. 
Finding a service solution that helps you better connect with customers and keep them happy can feel impossible. Like trying to remember the name of that guy you just met at a networking event. Was it Ron? Or could it be Don? Or John? Or Sean? Yeah, that kind of impossible. HubSpot's all-new service hub can help. Well, with the service solution part, at least. It brings service and success together on one powerful platform for the first time ever. With an AI-powered help desk and an AI chatbot that handles frontline tickets fast. Plus, it comes with a customer success workspace that helps reps anticipate customer needs in a full 360 view of every customer so your go-to-market team can keep a pulse on accounts before trying to upsell or cross-sell. Also, you can scale support and drive retention and revenue. And you know what that means. Better service and happier customers at every stage of the journey. Visit HubSpot.com service to do more for your customers today. Now, I can imagine that people are like, oh my gosh, this sounds wonderful, but it's a lot of work, right? Yes. And what would you say would be the entry point for a company who wants to start partnering with the HBCUs? Like they might not have all of these resources, so how can they get started? Because it might not need to be as comprehensive as what HubSpot is doing, but it could grow to be that. Where would you say that, where would you recommend people get started? Building relationships with faculty members is probably the entry point that is, you know, the easiest, if you will. Finding and building relationships with faculty so that you can embed yourself into classes, becoming a class speaker. And I would, just to go back a second, I think that companies and academia really has to realize that it has to happen. Embedding technical skills and access to technical skills in the classroom has to happen unless academia or higher ed wants to go the way of the dinosaurs. Yes. Students right now can go to YouTube or TikTok and find out how to do just about anything. You can get a book off of Amazon. You can go find a video online. And so if academia wants to stay relevant, they have got to make sure that we veer more towards technical skills. It's just time is changing. It used to be a thing where you can go and talk about theory. Nobody wants to talk about theory in a book. The students are not going to open up a book. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of time at this point. If I walk away with no actual tactical skills that I can go out into the marketplace and use for my own edification or to make money, I I think that we are going to find that that higher ed becomes irrelevant. We had a faculty meeting where they were freaking out about chat GPT. Okay. And I was the faculty member. I was one of three faculty members. um, Two were in the information systems office where we were like, we use chat GPT in our classroom and show our students how do you use AI effectively to help you? Now, it's not going to write the whole paper for you. It's not going to do all things. But you can actually get it to help create a framework for some things for you. So how do we get out of the, you're afraid of technology, you're afraid of all that, and how do we integrate it? Because I was like, they're going to use it. So I might as well figure out how do I get them to use it in a way that's smart and is a part of this lesson in this class. Um, and, And I had a student come up to me and go, I, I was surprised you knew about this. <laughs> How many of us remember the Dewey Decimal System? Yeah. Yes. The world did not end because we stopped <laughs> using it. I remember that there was a point in time where faculty members were thinking, the world is going to go, you know, to kaputs because students are just Googling everything. They're never going to go to the library. I have not looked up anything in a 
library with the Dewey Decimal System and the card, but the file card. I'm not going to lie. I have it the and Library of Congress. I inferred my <laughs> dissertation. I did. I did. I cannot tell you the last time. And I am a I, former I, library volunteer, so there was some nostalgia <laughs> there. But I promise you none of my students know what the Dewey Decimal System mm-hmm. is. This is the next iteration of finding information out. And I think we should be applauding it. And I, I yes, I'm it can on be TikTok scary, because but, I realize they search on yeah, TikTok. absolutely. And I know that I need to know exactly. what they're looking for, how they're searching for it, and understand it in order to progress with them. Because if I'm not learning, then how am I an effective educator? It's a natural evolution. And what I love about what you said is the companies don't need to have the answers about what the partnership needs to look like. It's going to be a co-creation, which is a real hallmark of any sort of inclusive activity um, and any sort of inclusive initiative is to make sure that you're co-creating with the people that you want to serve so that you're able to create something that's going to work well for everybody. We've had companies come in and are like, we want to do this, this, and this in your classroom. And I was like, absolutely not. (laughs) I was like, but... Here's what we can do. Here's what I'm willing to do. And if you had maybe asked me about my class beforehand, we could have really talked about other ways to integrate. And I mean, and that's one of the things that we do every, I have a class every semester that's about 50% guest lectures from HubSpot. But I talk to them about, here's what the class is going to do this semester. Here are the topic areas that I think we need to cover. Who can we match up with the company that can actually touch on those areas and be the experts that the students can go to. And that's how I build out my semester. Okay. It's definitely in partnership. But I'm the person who's creating the framework. I, I got to create the assignments. I have to grade in some way. I have to create something. But I definitely need that partner to help give additional context and information. I don't know everything in marketing. I don't work in marketing on a daily basis like I used to. I do projects. I have, I have an Instagram following for my other things. But like... I still need the professionals that are doing this all day, every day. And I think it's a great way for students to get real-life industry experience and answered questions from people in that industry that I might not necessarily know. Now, I'm definitely your professor will go, I don't know the answer to that, but I'll get back to you and I'll find it. But it's great to have this wealth of knowledge and people where I know that if I don't know the answer or that if students come to me and are like, we really want to talk about this, that I know someone that I can say, hey, do y'all have somebody there that would have time? And they always have time for us. Yeah. They always have time for us. That's very cool. What would you say has been the impact on the students from these types of corporate partnerships? Skills. And I will say, uh, just to add, add on to the fact that students gain skills, the faculty gain skills as well. So upskilling faculty, bringing them up to speed with current technology, impacts far beyond the students they're teaching that semester, those are going to be the baseline of their skills for the next 15 years. And hopefully they're upskilled further than that. But the students are able to go into the marketplace and compete. Again, you can't be what you can't see and you can't compete if you are not on the same level with the same access. And so these partnerships really provide real live opportunities for students to go out there and not only showcase their intelligence, because we know that these students are intelligent. You don't get to college in any college and not have an ounce of intelligence, right? But sometimes today, the idea that you have already touched some tools or you're familiar with something that's new and innovative in the marketplace is the determining factor between you getting the job or not getting the job, or for you excelling in your career or not excelling in your career. And so this is a level setting. Um, 
So I think that that is the big skill. So those two, those two avenues. And I even think what she said about faculty getting the skills, I was uh, talking to a couple of people in the EPP that I was like, look, you could also market HubSpot to professors. Yes. We do research. Yeah. We keep lists of people that might be interested or need to send out mass emails or email if you're a department chair, emailing large groups of students, things like that, tracking and having that data. Um, there is value in understanding it and also utilizing it in your research and what you do. Yeah. So for me, I'm always like, well, let's see what else I can pick out of this and what might help me. Um, but it's valuable and it's also a way for me to continue to use the product that I'm teaching in a class right. and that I can answer questions. And I've become the person even in the building, you know, the the administration uses HubSpot, but everybody knows, oh, Dr. Williams Johnson is the one who runs two HubSpot accounts. So if you got a question, <laughs> she's the one. ask her. Right. And I'm always like, oh, I'll do a little tutorial. Do we need to hop on a Zoom? What do you need to know how to do? So it's helpful to engage the faculty in that same way to keep them up on their skills too. Yeah. Do you, what benefits have you seen? Are there any additional benefits that you've seen for the companies who come and partner with uh, HBCUs? Oh, absolutely. Thinking about goodwill is important for a lot of companies right now and how they're seen beyond just their donation to a university. Yeah. They also want to have an increase in the number of qualified candidates that come into their right come into their workforce. They also want to have their name known and have their brand recognized by students. And those are two things that are I think are real hallmarks to this HubSpot partnership is that not only did they gain the university as a client based off of being able to get data from in-classroom experience, which was one of the reasons why the university administration and the School of Business brought on HubSpot for their own purposes. Um, I think that the, the company is also getting great talent. We have several, we've been walking around seeing several of our students, former students that we introduced HubSpot to in classrooms that are now employees. And when you are, again, Howard University is a prestigious HBCU and there, I mean, every FANG company and every top tier one, Fortune 100 company is coming to recruit. And the fact that HubSpot has multiple students every year, tens of students every year going is actually a, a hallmark to this partnership. Yeah. And the fact that they've shown authenticity and access for our students. I, my former students love to come back to my class. Yep. And they're like, I'm going to speak in your class, Professor Lee Johnson. <laughs> they told me I could come and talk about analytics. And I'm like, I'm happy to have you back. <laughs> Wonderful. And I think that it's that... You always want, we as educators, you always want your students to come back. You always want them to feel like in your class, they got the best, right? And so for them to still be a part of this and be like, I got this job because of your class and you helped me with all those certifications and doing all that stuff. And then they want to come back and give back. Yep. And then they want to tell those classmates, so y'all, I'm going to tell you the real and what it's like. <laughs> and then I'm going to tell you how to get this job. And then let me tell you what certifications are the best. That. That's the continuous circle yeah. of what the good can happen in the partnerships. Yeah. And that's what I love to see. So in terms of other partnerships um, that companies have had with HBCUs, the one that uh, I remember from a couple of years ago is whenever Peloton partnered with Beyonce. Mm -hmm. And they, I believe it was 10 HBCUs, they gave memberships to the students and then they yes. created a pipeline for um, internships and, and work. And what I loved about that one in particular was that they were creating, they were not only giving access, right, but they were also creating future customers. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, can you, do you have any other examples of 
corporate partnerships with HBCUs and what has like what is about those partnerships were your favorite and how the, the impact that it had on both the people they were serving as well as for the the companies? Um, another one of my favorite partnerships is with Yum Brands. Um, Yum Brands is a company that owns KFC, Taco Bell, and Pizza Hut. And so one of the things that we noticed is that there weren't a lot of franchisees that looked like us. And they, having talked to the COO of Pizza Hut is a Howard alum, had a conversation with him and he said that it's not about money. It's mostly about understanding the business model of franchising understanding the people is kind of like being an insider because they give you access to a brand. A Taco Bell probably makes three to four million dollars a year annually as revenue. And so if I'm going to, as a brand, give you access to my brand in each one of these stores, you have multiple. I mean, that do the math, right? Right. It's a large commitment. And the reason is not necessarily that they that we aren't owning a lot of them because of our color it's mostly because we just don't know the lingo we don't speak the language we don't have any proven track record for a company to give you three million dollars worth of brand right and so we built out this partnership where we got graduate students that we felt were old enough to be able to get some skin in the game because again nobody's giving you multiple million dollars to worth a 21 year old no not to a 21 year old unfortunately <laughs> um but really being thoughtful about building out a a accelerator program to get you up to speed, meeting the people. They have, just like anything else, they have annual conferences. You need to meet the players. You need to understand the business model. You need to go into a store. We had graduate students going into KFC, Taco Bell, and Pizza Hut and doing hours because if you don't know how to drop fries and mop the bathroom, you probably don't need to own one of those restaurants. And so, again, just seeing innovation come into play. Um, multiple students, and it was a joint partnership, the University of Louisville and Howard University. We have multiple students who are now in the pipeline to own franchise. That's amazing. That's amazing. you have any other examples? I like we always talk about Howard stuff. I mean, we have the <laughs> Warner, the Warner Music, what is it? Warner Blavatnik Music Business Center. Center for Music Business. Center, Center for Music Business. It's a long name. I'm sorry. <laughs> but we're attempting to create more black music executives. Right. We're always the talent, but not necessarily at the top. Yeah. And we're placing students now in, in position to work their way up in the music business. Um, we've also partnered with Amazon Studios to get students in a position to have more black executives in the industry. Yeah. Um, and so for us, I think over the last couple of years, what we've seen is people taking definitely more interest in HBCUs and really wanting to get on campuses because I feel like we're also the culture. We yes. are at the, the the tip of what is always hot. Yeah. And it's valid, but we just haven't been given those opportunities because a lot of times our students just didn't have access. And it really is about access. Yeah. Um, and so any partnership that we have that gives students this kind of access and give students opportunities to see what that world is like, I'm here for. Um, and, I, and, it, and it is a lot of work. I mean, there's extra time and all that that I have built into planning out classes. And then when she's an administrator working with me to be like, okay, what are the data points and how are we going to sell this to the administration for the next step? Right. And then what's the next thing? We have big dreams of wanting to create an advertising agency on campus. Oh, very cool. But that's, that's going to be a whole nother hurdle and another step that we have to overtake. But I think if you're dedicated and we've got the time and we get the resources, we can make it happen. 
we can continue this conversation, I think, for much longer, but we got to <laughs> wrap it up. So any parting words of wisdom for business leaders and marketers who want to create inclusive partnerships with HBCUs? I, I often hear people are like, oh, I don't know. Uh, I can't find the right talent. And I'm like, no, the real thing that you're saying is I don't know where to start. If you're still doing the same recruiting, if you're still going to the same schools, if you're still thinking of the same thing, then no, you're never going to get diverse. You're never going to change. Um, you know, our partnership literally started with someone sending me a LinkedIn message and I was open to it. Yeah. Um, and I think you just have to try, see who's out there, who's interested and be open to whatever that opportunity can be. And it can really flourish. I would say be open to thinking about partnerships in a different way. I often think companies are like, hey, but I showed up at the career fair and, and nobody came running. And you and 500 other companies came running to a group a of five, career right, fair. one career fair, a group of five schools. And there are lots of diverse talent in many other schools and many other places. And honestly, if you come to one place and there's 500 options and we only have 200 graduates, you're going to come and you're going to be disappointed. So really thinking about working with people that can tell you what is going to work and what is not going to work and what the landscape truly looks like. So I say, call me. <laughs> I can help you out. <laughs> Definitely. And um, thank you again for sharing your wisdom and your insights. Uh, we learned a lot today. So thanks again for stopping by and giving us a place where we can go ahead and get started on this. Right. I love it. Thanks again, Sonia. This has been great. That's it for today's episode. I hope you got lots of really wonderful takeaways about how you can strategically partner with HBCUs as you work to authentically engage the Black community. If you like this show, I would love it if you would leave a rating and review for it in your podcast player of choice. It really does go a long way towards helping more people discover the show. One other quick question for you before we take off. Are you signed up for the Inclusion and Marketing Newsletter? If not, what are you even doing? What are you doing? Each week, I send you news, stories, and other insights to help you build an inclusive brand that makes more of the people you serve feel like they belong with you. Go to inclusionandmarketing.com newsletter to get signed up. I'll drop a link to it in the show notes so you can access it easily. Until next time, remember... Everyone deserves to have a place where they belong. Let's use our individual and collective power to ensure more people feel like they do. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you soon.